right, everybody. Welcome back to the Crypto 101 podcast. I'm your host, Bryce, joined as always by my notorious compadre, uh, Mr. Pizza Mind. Uh, how are you doing, Pete? I'm doing pretty good over here. I'm just coming off one of the best weeks of my life. So let's keep the momentum rolling. Wow. Uh, I feel like last week when we were recording, you were saying you had an ominous feeling that it was going to be a horrible week and then some banks collapsed. It was, what made your week uh-huh. so good? What was the highlight? Well, uh, it started off really, really, really bad, but um, it was to the point where I didn't think I was going to ever be able to get a passport again. And the reason why is because I had my original passport and wallet stolen a few months ago. Uh-huh. And as I went to the passport office to renew, they're like, we need your original birth certificate. And I'm like, okay, well, I already got my original birth certificate. Get my passport the first time. So why do I need to give it to you again? And they're like, that's just how it is. I'm like, oh, this lovely government that wants to bring in central bank digital currencies can't even keep track of my own freaking birth certificate. Well, guess what? <laughs> you're supposed to I have can't either. Copy. Yeah, I you're supposed to either. have a copy of it, dude. Not just a copy, the original. A copy is no good. So no idea where it's at. I'm freaking out. I'm like, I'm never going to be able to travel again. What's going on here? This is terrible. There must be a way around it. And sure enough, I look on the government website and they're like, oh, you can actually fill out another form and pay a fee of $150 to make them search for your old stuff. With no guarantee of me. So (laughs) classic. All right. So now I'm going to go get that figured out tomorrow. And then I feel like I'm being pulled towards Brazil for like the past several months. I'm like, I don't know why. I don't even want to go over there right now. They've got their election issues and stuff. But I start looking up uh, places to move over this summer. And I realize the prices in my area for the house I'm living in and comparables have already doubled, even though they're already twice what they normally should be. So I have to move this summer. And yeah, now I'm excited about, well, next chapter might be Brazil. This is kind of cool. Things are turning around. I'm going to get my passport. I'm going to maybe spend a year in Brazil while uh, America burns. This is going to be all right. Yeah, well, I'm going to be here, uh, and I hope America doesn't burn. But uh, regardless, we've definitely gotten the the morning off uh, to a crazy start. Binance uh, kind of came out with a, uh, or or I should say the CFTC came out with a big lawsuit against Binance. And so there's a lot of volatility in the market. But I think uh, I think the market's going to hold up because the market's bigger than just Binance. It's just bigger than just America, right? This, you know, Bitcoin and uh, Ethereum, Cosmos, right? A lot of these global uh, currencies and systems—that's exactly what they are. They're global. They're permissionless. They're uh, allowing individuals to be sovereign, no matter where they are in the world, um, and not tied at the hip to uh, to any one sovereign fiat currency. Um, and I think that there's a lot of cool surrounding technology. Um, I think DEXs are some of the coolest technology. Um, and so we, we really wanted to bring on an expert to talk about decentralized exchanges um, and, and what it really means, what, what it means to enable, uh, you know, really Forex, uh, if you will, um, but uh, around the world with, with anybody with, with permissionless and being able to keep uh, custody of your own coins. And so uh, we decided to bring on Aaron Kong, who uh, works as the growth and strategy lead at Osmosis labs uh, so so aaron welcome to the crypto 101 podcast and thanks for joining us yeah thanks for having me so uh dexes are a big idea right i think really uniswap was maybe one of the first ones that came out that was 
big and it took the uh, the world by storm, billions and billions in market cap. Um, tell us a little bit about osmosis from a very high level. Um, before we even dive into your background and how you got started, let's just talk about uh, the project that you decided to uh, kind of dedicate your yourself to. Yeah, so I think it, it might be better to start off with like this this uh, crypto narrative. What's going on right now in crypto, and not just like you know with all this regulatory stuff and all this like external um, stuff that we can't really control as much, but what's going on internally? And I'd say there are these three main narratives. It's like multi-chain, monolithic chain, or interchain. Basically, with like multi-chain, we have Ethereum and we have all these things that are connecting to Ethereum. But monolithic, it might be something like Solana. It's just they they grow these megaliths that just you know just compound themselves and just grow larger and larger. Mm-hmm. But what we believe in, especially in the Cosmos ecosystem, is this interchain where from the ground up, everything that is being built in the interchain is already inherently connected. And from that, that's where uh, everyone in our ecosystem is betting on. Um, and within that ecosystem, we are the DeFi hub of that ecosystem. So that's what Osmosis is, is essentially being you know, the solution for all things DeFi within the interchain. Yeah, and when you say interchain, um, and I guess this is a good teaching moment uh, for, for a lot of listeners, um, the difference between interchain and multi-chain um, might not seem readily apparent. Um, how, how would you describe it? So I think the, the so there's actually this like movement r- right now that's going on in the cosmic ecosystem where people are trying to actually figure out the exact definition of interchain, but essentially interchain is just things that are built and connected within the cosmos ecosystem like shared security shared consensus algorithm that kind of thing that is all part of it i'd say but mostly the the fundamental factor for interchain is just you're connected through all things cosmos sdk based so basically like you know being ibc connected is probably the most valuable thing here and through ibc connections it's it's not just like i guess maybe we break ibc down um so, so basically like this, yeah. So like the most simple way to think of IBC is like you, you may have um, like a shipping port in San Francisco that's connecting over to Shanghai. And obviously the USA and China are not the same thing. And San Francisco and Shanghai are not the same thing, but the shipping ports, they can communicate and connect with each other in the most simple way. They have the same standard sizing of all these shipping containers and you can send it over there and there's no problem at all. And anywhere in the world that has a shipping, you know, station, you just, yeah, a port, you just, you don't have to worry about it because everyone uses the same, you know, method of communication and all these containers are the same size. So everything IBC is essentially that. So what like today or or maybe, yeah, today uh, a new chain just launched, it's Noble, um, and they can easily connect with any chain in the Cosmos ecosystem because of this base standard. That's awesome. Cosmos is one of my favorite things in Web3. And that takes me back to the other reason why last week was so great. So I got to mapping out all these different Web3 components and how they relate to each other, how they build, uh, how they communicate, what problem they're solving. And there's like this amazing picture that came out of it. Um, we talked about all these little puzzle pieces. Well, I started connecting them and it looks pretty awesome. We'll, we'll be publishing it at some point. But Cosmos is a huge, huge part of it. I would even go as far to say that it's the heart of Web3 and everything will eventually be connected to it. 
And osmosis is the exchange layer on top of it that allows so much of this value to be translated and usage to you know, flow from one thing to another. As the incumbent big man on campus, you're going to be having so much more competition coming your way. How do you stay ahead of the curve of all these new things that are coming to try and eat your lunch? Honestly, I think the uh, secret sauce for osmosis is that we have some of the most brilliant devs uh, and our, our head engineer, uh, Dave, he's just the giga brain. Um, and as long as we, you know, we have also, we have Sonny, who's like the visionary, uh, who's also like extremely up there when it comes to, you know, technical uh, abilities and skill and, and developing it, um, as well. But I think that's, that's how we kind of, um, can stay ahead. And at the same time, like we're also developing things that are, brand new as redeveloping things that are already existing. For example, like concentrated liquidity, but we're not just copying pasting code and, and the way they do it. We're, we're rebuilding it from the ground up in a way that we think is better. And at the same time, like others in the ecosystem can, you know, if they want to, they can just copy and paste our code, but we'll be, you know, first to market with uh, the most liquidity. And at the same time, like our, um, our canonical bridge, Axelar, so you can use multiple bridges with osmosis, but back uh, maybe eight or nine months ago, there was a governance prop where we essentially voted in a main canonical bridge. That's Axelar. And they're connected to so many chains now. They just keep on pumping out more connections. Uh, that's one Axelar's thing that allows good. osmosis. Yeah, they just they just crush it. Um but that's one thing that also helps osmosis just stay ahead and has the most connections. So if you go to like, I think it's either map of zones or mint scan, there's this, um, there's this visual that kind of shows the cosmos ecosystem and you can click on each chain and each chain, it'll show you like where it's connected throughout the ecosystem. If you click osmosis, just connected to everyone. That's so cool. Should we think of Axlar as like another IBC or is there a difference between them? Axelar is its own layer one chain itself, but it's uh, primary, you know, primary services basically facilitating all these bridges and connections. So most of these chains are all layer ones in themselves. For example, like Mars, uh, Mars Hub, they just launched their lending uh, app on Osmosis. So that's baked into the Osmosis chain. However, they have their own uh chain as well that you can have their tokens mars coins and then you go and vote and their governance and this is like to approve like what's the next asset that they'll support on their lending platform mm. but all these all these uh, chains tend to have like a like a main service they want to provide and osmosis essentially wants to be aims to be the the like prominent uh DeFi hub of the cosmos ecosystem axlar is providing you know these bridging services mars is doing lending protocols the quasar just launched uh, Levana will, well, Levana's launching on Osmos. I take that one back. Um, but yeah, so like that's, that's kind of why the cause ecosystem is so different is that none of these chains are at the uh, whim of a greater chain like Polkadot. If Polkadot goes down, Moonbeam is going down, right? Mm. Or Akala is going down. All these, you know, things are going to be going down. If Ethereum goes down, Uniswap is dead. So, mm. In the cosmos, if osmosis goes down, these other chains are not dead. Though, like, you know, osmosis has the most liquidity and also everything kind of routes through osmosis. And everything enters the cosmos ecosystem generally through osmosis. But 
like if osmosis were to die, something else could still facilitate that. And these other chains would keep running because they have their own validator sets. They have their own communities. Uh, and they're only connected through IBC with osmosis. They are not connected in some like heavy, like tied relationship, like Ethereum would be to Uniswap. Yeah. W- what do you think, um, from, from last year, 2022, um, what do you think in regards to some learning lessons that that the osmosis team had? Um, obviously, there was lots of collapses and, and lots of chaos. What, what were some main takeaways or maybe challenges that you guys overcame? The biggest one is probably not having everything tied to, for example, Terra. Uh, Luna and UST were some of the... I guess the most liquid assets in the osmosis decks. So we had, I don't know the exact number, but like probably well over a hundred million of um, liquidity tied to Luna. So there was an Osmo Luna pool Mm -hmm. and there was an Osmo UST pool. And these two pools were top three or top four uh, in liquidity in all of osmosis. However, the problem is both of those went to zero. So all that liquidity right. just went, went to zero, right? And, you know, that's a big lesson to be learned. Like one, you know, don't don't peg everything. And this isn't like the the core team's, this, this wasn't necessarily the core team's decision to make that happen. It's just kind of like the, uh, the community and the DAO just created these pools and people just naturally flocked to them and they had a lot of rewards given that they had lots of volume. Mm-hmm. So So it's not like, you know, this was a decision that we made and it was just like, like absolute catastrophe for us. But, um, you know, something that's learned. And at the same time, like something that came from that is essentially we wanted to implement rate limiting. Uh, and this is something that Axelar works on with us. And basically like, let's say there's like a hack or, or a hack or some kind of like catastrophic event. Um, if a certain amount of liquidity is exiting the chain, like an abnormal amount, there's probably something going on and we should probably pause something and kind of dig into it instead of just like letting it go mm-hmm. through. So it's like a lot of these things, a lot of these hacks that happen throughout the industry, they could be prevented if there was rate limiting. Like, you know, instead of al- allowing like a hundred million dollars of liquidity to get stipend in like, you know, a matter of however, whatever the time frame, um, like may- you set it at a day. If, if like, 30% of your liquidity leaves in a day, there might be something wrong and you might want to check on that. Yeah, have like circuit uh, breakers. Is- <laughs> so amongst the hustle bustle of our busy lives, my wife and I are always on the lookout for ways to streamline our daily routines without compromising on the quality of our meals. And that's where factor comes into play, perfectly aligning with our desire to save time amidst our hectic work schedule. Now, Factor's array of delicious, ready-to-eat meals, expertly prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, simplifies eating well every single day. And with over 35 weekly options catering to various dietary preferences like keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, you know, Factor ensures we're well-equipped for the week ahead. And the convenience of having nutrition-packed meals and over 55 add-ons delivered directly to our door transforms weekly meal planning into a delightful experience. And, and guys, real quick, Factor has a two-minute meal as well, many of them. 
and it offers us the luxury of enjoying restaurant-quality food in the comfort of our own home, ready to heat and eat at our convenience. The broad selection extends beyond meals to include snacks, smoothies, and everything else, right? Covering all of our little hankerings and cravings throughout the day. Now look, the service's cost-effectiveness when compared to takeout paired with the assurance of nutritious and delicious options is what makes Factor a no-brainer for me and my wife. Um, and it should be a no-brainer for you too. Now, what truly sets Factor apart is its flexibility, meaning the option to choose between 16 to 18 meals per week, along with the ability to pause or reschedule deliveries, ensuring that the service adapts to our ever-changing schedules and not the other way around. We're in charge, right? The no prep, the no mess, meals uh guys it's just been a game changer for us and now we're able to focus on what matters most building our relationship together without the hassle of meal prep and cleanup so if you're ready to embrace a week filled with effortless feel-good meals then visit factormeals.com slash crypto 10150 and use the code crypto 10150 for an incredible 50 percent off your first order don't miss out on this opportunity to elevate your meal time with Factor's fast, upscale, and easy dining solutions. Again, that's Crypto10150. That's the code at factormeals.com slash crypto10150 and claim your 50% off discount today. Hey guys, TiVo here with a quick ad break to tell you that today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcasts. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some of the much-needed clarity in the finance world, thus helping you make smarter decisions with your money. Some of the things I've learned from these guys include planning for my tax bills, managing finances with your partner, making a balanced budget, saving on travel, planning for some retirement, and boosting my credit score. If these things sound interesting to you, make sure that you listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc yeah i think this is like something that happened with um nomad over on <laughs> oh yeah and big time and the thing was like if they had rate limiting this never would have happened but they just saw it slowly getting bled out uh over however many hours it took and they could do nothing but look is is what i recall um so that's those are kind of the lessons we've learned like we are shipping you know quite well but we have taken a lot more time to make sure everything that's being shipped is of higher priority and at the same time like all this like you know, preventative measuring stuff is is basically what has taken a lot of time in the past. Well, not the past few months, but before these past few months is what mm. we're mostly focusing on. 
I'm really happy to hear that that's uh, not just a topic of conversation, but a topic of implementation now, especially mm. over there. I think, um, you know, even some kind of watchdog bot in the mempool that can track these kinds of uh, catastrophes as they're happening and maybe, um, you know, higher prioritize a gas fee to essentially pause this thing while it's in the mempool so people can come take a look at it and potentially override it or approve it to let it go. Um, hopefully in the future, something like that will become standard. I realize there's risks of having watchdogs over anyone's transaction and it can be a slippery slope, but right. to be a, f- a fully functional uh, economy, there, we're going to have to make some kind of compromises somewhere uh, in the name of security. We just can't have billions of dollars hacked every year, but right. osmosis hasn't had to worry about any of that. You guys have been super solid, no security risks. Everything's been cool as a cucumber over there in the Cosmos ecosystem as far as any of that big stuff goes. Why do you think that is, that all these hacks are happening on Ethereum or in Solidity smart contracts, but Cosmwasm seems to be holding up just perfect? Um, So I'm not the most technical person on the team. But I do think because, one, like everything's all open source, and two – the Osmosis team isn't the only one working on these, you know, features. So other people can like pitch in and also like kind of uh, scan everything. So it's not only the Osmosis team. There's there are teams like Notional, Strangelove, um, you know, all these other chains as well. They're all invested in you know making sure that everything works because we use uh, you know shared programming basically. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, and also like the ICF and, and other entities like Informal, they also work on this. So. So I think that's one advantage we have. It's like, we're not really, as far as when it comes to the tech, we're not as competitive because we're all sharing similar tech. So these other chains that are out there, they, they don't have that necessarily. From an institutional standpoint, um, do you, like as a growth and strategy um, lead, are, are you going after institutions? And if so, what's the strategy to get them to trade on osmosis decks? So I think, that specific question, there are a lot of things that um, I'm not at liberty to say, but I think one of the most obvious things is just having the most user-friendly UX. Uh, and this is to capture both users and institutions, but at the same time, making sure there's sufficient liquidity there. So for example, like you know, institutions can go through Uniswap and use all these other platforms that have incredible liquidity. And it's not like a lot of this, it's not necessarily saying like, let me backtrack. I would say all the liquidity in Cosmos in the Cosmos ecosystem is much more organic because there aren't these institutions that are as heavily involved. Um, so, so I think the most simple, you know, plan and routes of making sure institutions are comfortable in the Cosmos ecosystem is just uh, having more liquidity. Which a lot of this is a pain point of like stable coins as well. But at the same yeah. time, right now the the majority of stablecoin liquidity in the Cosmos is Axelar bridged over USDC from Ethereum, but they also provide Polygon and Avalanche USDC as well. Um, and there are much you know more smaller stablecoins out there like IST. Um, but native USDC in the Cosmos ecosystem is launching very soon. Uh, I believe they are making an announcement tomorrow on these timelines. And that should be a, a major pain point that gets resolved uh, as far as liquidity goes. 
But again, like just making sure there's sufficient liquidity is probably one of the big things for institutions. Yeah. And I think also accounting and potentially even knowing your counterparty or being able to choose your counterparty are some features that um, some of them even have to have. But uh, yeah, it's been interesting seeing attempts at trying to combine these two things and say, hey, you know, this is DeFi is just not for DGENs. It's for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's certainly for DGENs. I can tell you that. <laughs> for sure. Tell, tell me, like, from a high level, um, you know, in context of this banking crisis that's going on, you know, how does how does your team kind of look at building in the crypto market with this as the backdrop? You know, um, obviously not the entire world's banking system, but definitely, you know, uh, a lot of regional banks in the States and there's, you know, pressure on central banks. Do you guys see this as kind of confirming um, your your guys's choice to build this non-custodial exchange where there's not counterparty risk. Um, what do you, what do you guys kind of talk about in your meetings if you talk about this stuff? Yeah, so I think uh, one of the main things that came up Dex's was a few months ago with FTX, right? And the narrative mm-hmm. for Dex's became much more obvious, and everyone kind of I don't think there was any word against dexes back when that happened people were like okay yeah like now your key is not your wallet dexes are better than sexes whatnot <laughs> um so ever since then nothing's really changed as far as our approach to anything though uh because regardless of the uh, external environment i don't think uh, our vision changes at all and so right now we're just like aiming to just provide the the best DeFi hub for the entire cost ecosystem. But obviously we want to branch even further than that, which is why uh, working with Axelar and Squid, if you guys are familiar with Squid, Squid just basically allows the uh, bridging that Axelar provides to happen much faster. Mm. And basically like our, our vision is to be able to have one click from anywhere to anywhere have liquidity from anywhere to anywhere as well. So you can you can trade something over on Polygon and get it over on Phantom through Osmosis in a single click. But no one's ever going to know that they they use Osmosis in this click. I mean, they could if they you know want to know. But yeah. ideally, it's just all about UX, right? It's like users should be able to hop from like it. It could be even like a, a video game over in Phantom, some kind of NFT gamify video game on Phantom, and they make one transaction and they need to get some kind of liquidity over on Polygon for some reason, and they route through Osmosis. They could get that back in their in their NFT game in a single click. But all this is done through all the tech that's being built, like cross chain swaps and the GMP uh, general message passaging um, that Ax- Axlar is working on, and using Squid as well. Mm. But all these ideas are basically unchanged regardless of the uh, environment ex- external here. So whether these, you know, FTX is collapsing or, or banks are collapsing. Now, obviously, like this, you know, does make DeFi, you know, much more attractive, um, given that, you know, you, you get to hold your own funds. But it doesn't change what DeFi is, is aiming for, is, is how we kind of see it. And one of the biggest problems that we're having right now is finding a way to get money actually into crypto. Uh, Whatever banks are left are not really crypto friendly. They may not allow you to wire money to an exchange if there is even is still an exchange that's accepting it right now in the US. What kind of on and off ramps are available on the Cosmos ecosystem right now or are coming up soon? So on Osmosis specifically, there's a Transact and Cato. Um, 
but we are, you know, discussing with many more just to like have more options in more uh, countries as well. And at the same time, um, Kepler also allows uh, or has integration with MoonPay as well. So I think MoonPay just enables you to buy Atom and Kava and deposit that onto Kepler. Um, so right now, yeah, we're just, you know, we have transacting Cato, but we're working on uh, many more right now. I think that makes sense. What's kind of like the listing standard for or listing process for how a coin gets listed on Osmosis and, and maybe just decentralized exchanges in general? Maybe you could give us a little color and does Osmosis do it the same as Uniswap through voting pro- proposals or? Yeah. So on Osmosis, the way we do is we have um, two separate front ends. And again, this is all permissionless. Uh, anyone can spin up their own front end. Um, there's a, uh, front end, I believe it's called Symphonia and it's basically a DEX that only has tokens for these music artists. And, oh, and this, these, these tokens aren't listed on the main front end or the, uh, st- alternative front end that we have. But again, like anyone can spin up their own front end. Anyone can spin up their own, uh, front end of, you know, all of Osmosis. So right now we have the main front end, which is where, mostly like prominent assets are listed. And there are many assets on this, but we also have this front end that's permissionless. I apologize if you can hear sawing, which is one of the reasons why I'm this in this furnace room to kind of diminish the uh, noise. Um, but there's an alternative front end called frontier.osmosis.zone where essentially it's permissionless and anyone can go in and add assets there. Uh, it's called Frontier because it like it's like the Wild Wild West, right? And like it has the this image of a cowboy um, of our mascot on it. But love it. Um, assets can be moved over to the main front end as you, you can go through governance or basically if it's like a like a prominent asset like Phantom or Matic or Avalanche, it's kind of just going to get moved over because those are like logical. That's pretty cool. So what's the I guess the difference between a DEX and a DEX aggregator. You know, we see so many different exchanges all over the place now. Um, and as things go cross chain, does it even really matter where they're natively parked? You know, when you look at your competition now, you know, you're not really looking so much at other DEXs on Cosmos. You're now in direct competition with Uniswap or multi-chain or some of these other things. How does your strategy change now that the universe is so much just bigger than your own native ecosystem? Yeah. So the difference between a DEX and a DEX aggregator is like um, an aggregator just combines multiple DEXs and routings and, and different like pools potentially. So it's osmosis can make its own aggregator and this wouldn't be the biggest lift. You would just need to combine all these technologies. Like right now I'm, I believe Pangolin over on Avalanche, don't quote me on this, but I believe they were a DEX. Uh, they used to be the largest DEX over there until Trader Joe overtook them, I believe. So mm-hmm. right now um, they're they're working on a lot of aggregating and they also just uh, added Osmosis into their aggregator. So I think down the road, you know, we wouldn't even necessarily need an aggregator uh, just because all these technologies will allow just swapping to be much, much more simple. And the, the goal is like, as we can see, like Pangolin implemented Osmosis. And the goal is that everyone has this mindset that, hey, like, why don't we, you know, implement it as well? And 
And the more we work on this technology, the easier it will be for everyone to do this. And there's no reason like on our end, we wouldn't use the liquidity of Uniswap one day, potentially, if, if it's necessary, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, anything that's necessary, we, I think we, we would just simply work on. Yeah. Well, well what's next for osmosis? Um, you know, what, what's the, the future look like? So right now, there are two major things that are getting pushed out. And um, the original, the, the vision for Osmosis is essentially to be this hub that can connect everything from anywhere. So it's kind of like having liquidity anywhere from anywhere. And again, that, that example of like having something on Phantom and swapping, just one click swapping over from Polygon back to Phantom or Avalanche, it doesn't matter because osmosis and the technology that's being built is going to support that and one of the biggest things that supports that is is uh, called cross-chain swaps um which we're calling it cosmos swap and basically currently anyone in the cosmos ecosystem can spin up an outpost and this outpost is essentially uh something that you can put over on another chain like juno or say network and they use the liquidity and osmosis but on their own chain and they just use cross-chain swaps to enable this liquidity. But down the road, uh, relatively soon actually, would be not just Cosmos chains, but other chains, whether it's on Ethereum um, or Polygon or Phantom, they can use all the technology that we're working on, whether it's cross-chain swaps or with uh, Axlar and Squid and GMP, they can do all these things. So, you know, it can be as intricate as like 14 different swaps, whether it's like you want to get something on uh, Phantom and you want to swap it from Ethereum and you go through Osmosis, but on a, it's not available on Osmosis for some reason and you need to use cross-chain swaps over on Say Network and then you bring it back to Osmosis and then you send it to Ethereum, back to Osmosis and then back to uh, you know Phantom, whatever. So all <laughs> this can just be done in one single click. And, and yeah. again, the, the user shouldn't have to deal with all this tedious stuff, which is kind of how it's done right now. Like you send it to one place, you send it to another, Maybe you go into a liquidity pool and then you wait a week and then you pull it out and you go from somewhere. Well, it's just it's like, like complicated, the dialogue. Exactly. But also like what takes us even further is not just this instant one click um, ability, but the uh, ability to have things queried. So what if everything we just described was on a, on like a multiple day time frame because you're waiting for something to happen on another chain, whether it's a price increase. So it can even be like, imagine like a DEX on Phantom using a limit order on Osmosis without ever leaving Phantom. And you want to execute that trade on Osmosis. That's something that can eventually be done as well because all these queries and technologies are coming out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. That's pretty awesome. I know you mentioned support for video game NFTs earlier, and that got me thinking... Will there be support for tokenized real world assets someday? Like, can we trade Adam for tokenized jewelry or real estate? So the reason I brought up video games is because I have this like, that's like my actual dream. I used to be a pro gamer and, and I used to play World of Warcraft. Um, and yeah. I basically horde. love this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for the horde, for the horde. Um, but I have this dream of like, 
crypto being so intertwined with a specific video game that I might love. And it's just, it's just like, it just makes it more real. And I just want this digital world to come to life uh, in something that I'm extremely passionate about. Like my, my three passions are pretty much um, crypto, video games, and being healthy. And I would like to see two of those come together. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to be. It's hard to be healthy when, as a crypto guy, I'm just all day just on Discord or watching charts right. and emotions yeah, going right. high, emotions going low. But right, yeah, funny. yeah, losing sleep and all that. But uh, yeah, I think it would just like it's totally feasible. It would just take a lot of effort. I think like there are there are auction houses in video games and, and essentially that would mimic like an exchange right like a deck then you can have limit orders on nfts and these nfts could be swords and these swords can have you know more nfts onto the swords that are like power-ups on the sword, stuff like that and to me like this is you know like a little this isn't exactly awesome this is my this is my dream not osmosis is um but you know to what you're saying like as far as like real world assets tokenized i mean that that's something that can be done but it's not something that I don't think osmosis should be the one building. It sh- that would be something that someone you know wants to add the liquidity and the protocol f- um, and you know add it into the dex. But you know it can be their own chain. Um, I don't think this has successfully been done anywhere. I think there is just some barriers to trust with that mm-hmm. uh, right now. Like I know there um, the Uniswap has an NFT called the the Uni Socks or something. Yep. And they're worth like thirty five thousand um, dollars. I remember one of my, my one of my friends bought a Unisock NFT for seventy k, and it crashed down to thirty five k, of course, right? But then I was like, wait, no, 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 this is actually one of your best investments because Ethereum's down like seventy percent. Uh, osmosis is down a lot. Like all these, everything's down. But actually, these Uniswaps, Uniswaps have held up better than Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, I but saw that, the- that's like. But like Uniswap, like took these socks and like they put them into vaults because they actually became so valuable. But they're just generic cheap socks, right? Uh, but like you know, how is that really going to get tokenized in the real world assets? I don't know. Um, maybe there's a solution out there that is much more robust than this. You know, current the current ideas at hand. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't have an answer to that one. That's just baffling to me considering socks get lost more than anything. Why would you think that's a good store of value? Exactly. <laughs> and you can, you, you can claim the socks with your NFT. So some of them are unclaimed and some of them are claimed. So like the uni uni swap team has these stored in a vault now because they became so valuable. So that vault's probably got like, like a million dollars of socks in it, right? <laughs> I wonder how much my crypto sock collection is worth. I need to start going through this before just wearing them out. <laughs> yeah. well, this has been incredible. Uh, Aaron, before we let you go, uh, I'm just curious, like one word of advice from like a crypto OG uh, and a gaming legend. Uh, what would you tell our audience? Just somebody who's new into to game or sorry, new into crypto. Uh, what would you tell them with your experience? So I think the only things that I can correlate between both gaming and crypto is the sheer amount of time and dedication that I, I put in, especially like, let's say like video game, I would just sit there and research all day long. It would be so fun and exciting. And I would go experiment that research. I would be calculating like the most minute percentages to try and get like higher crit ratings uh, of my character and, and try things that other people you know weren't doing in the video game. Uh, I ended up actually being rank one in the world in World of Warcraft with my team, of course. Wow. Um, 
but that was just like a, a lot of that's just a tri- like war of attrition with yourself and like just grinding until you know more than everyone else. But uh, in crypto, I think that's very similar. It's like when you when you are learning about something and some things like seem kind of tedious, like get get maybe get over that and kind of dive in and just take the time to research it. And you'll be you'll cut. I mean, maybe it doesn't benefit you financially, but you will certainly know a lot more. Like. This is for me personally, I, I know like I, I never really dove into the ZK world. And, you know, finally I was like, all right, let me just go spend hours and hours listening to podcasts and researching because I, I know this is going to benefit me. And I just learned way more than I ever did about that. But just, just making sure you, you take the time to dive in. I love that. Yeah. Finding, uh, finding joy and beauty in the process, in the struggle. Um, I think that is a, a very relevant um, kind of concept here for for crypto for for grinding it out and finding the best coins and um following the best narratives and and you know crushing it over the long term so um this was yeah. incredible uh, i gotta ask you thoughts on diablo 4 coming out june uh <laughs> thumbs up thumbs down honestly i i've been very bearish on blizzard for a long time they have ruined even even vitalik can tell you this and vitalik and i actually got in like a twitter uh, uh, a reddit uh, back and forth <laughs> involved World of Warcraft. This yeah, was back the, in 2018. The of Ethereum was because his uh, his warlock got nerfed, right? <laughs> yeah, I remember I got in this like Vitalik was talking about someone, and I just brought up World of Warcraft out of nowhere. I was like, oh, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you might be Vitalik, but but I was rank one in the world in World of Warcraft. <laughs> I had to get a, I had to get some win. We were basically arguing, and I was like, I had to right, get one. I got to get a win. <laughs> I had to get one over, um, but yeah, I've been pretty bearish on uh, on Blizzard lately. They just keep messing up. But I know the recent World of Warcraft has done like a one eighty, and they're doing a lot better. So I can only hope for the best. What can what what companies um, are bullish uh, gaming? Like, what are some good legit gaming companies that we should look out for? Any new games, that kind of thing. Probably Val. I mean, CS:GO, the new one is coming out. Counter Strike is coming out with the the two uh, this summer, and I'm probably most bullish on that one. I'm gonna want to play that with my friends, even though we're all over thirty nowadays, and our eyesight's probably terrible, and our reaction speed is down, and we just scream at little kids. But uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing better. <laughs> Love it. All right, Aaron. Well, we hope to have you back on again one day soon. Um, Learn about some more updates with Osmosis Success. But until then, take care. All right. Thank you, guys. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.